Hermes draw near, and to my prayer incline, in arts gymnastic, and in fraud divine. Dire weapon of the tongue which men revere, be present, Hermes, in thy suppliant here. Welcome to Third Eye Bind, episode 22, Triple Goddess, part 2. Hi, I'm Laura. And I'm Caitlin. And welcome to Third Eye Bind. In this episode, we are talking about the mother. Mm, The mother. In part two of our Triple Goddess series, welcome, welcome. We will be focusing on uh, the mother. The mama. The mama. (laughs) But before we get started, we would love, we love that you're watching or listening to our show and we would love and appreciate your support by rating this podcast wherever you are listening to it, hitting subscribe if you watch us on YouTube, leaving comments, leaving reviews, um, sharing our social media posts and tagging us, sharing our episodes with your friends or whoever you think would like this show or benefit from listening to this show. And if you really love us, we would definitely appreciate it if you supported us on Patreon. Patreon.com slash third eye bind. Yes, please to all of those things. Mm-hmm. Word of mouth is very underrated and we really, really appreciate you letting us know that you're telling your friends mm-hmm. and your fam and whoever wants to hear it it's harder and harder to get uh, eyes and ears so Mm -hmm. we really appreciate it what else is i going to say oh (sighs) you know what was really cool about our spotify wrapped what is that like we were in a really high percentile of podcasts that are shared that was like one of our stats people love to share our podcast yes so like thank you and keep doing it (laughs) and keep doing it please thank you please and thank you Please and thank you. I don't know what else to say right now. This episode's going to be... We're probably going to cry. Which I'm, is I'm already just like... Bleh. Why we can't film another one after this. Because yeah. our makeup will be trash. <laughs> I need a card pull because let's, like let's we it. saw in part one, this is going a lot of different ways. and uh, But we're going to focus on... That's the it. mother... Okay. I have no idea. <laughs> oh, God, what is it? Oh, no. What I did not it? expect this. Co- oh. oh, my sparkles are stuck <laughs> oh, to each other. No. Um, <clears throat> I pulled the hangman. My pain is self-chosen. <laughs> At least I believe it to be. The and, ha- okay. Yeah. I actually like, mm-hmm. I like this mm-hmm. card for this what i think is interesting about this is last week we touched upon how one of the essential qualities of maidenhood is this lack of responsibility and maybe it's because you're avoiding it maybe it's because you're just like not in a position to have it and it's your time to get to experiment and explore and then we enter into this season of motherhood where being responsible for others, whether it is children or animals or community, Mm. is a huge pillar of 
this experience. And um, there is a certain pause that comes with entering into the season of motherhood. There is, I think that maidenhood, the experience has a lot of chaos. And sometimes it's delicious chaos. And sometimes it's not so tasty. (laughs) Like my dental situation (laughs) telling you about off camera. Mm -hmm. Which like related to... (laughs) Like heavy drinking and a a toothache. Something we have in common, which was (laughs) like going through heavy drinking during our times of maidenhood. Mm -hmm. And moving into motherhood, there's a little bit more staticness to the experience. We fall into our routines and our rituals. Um, We have more, we cultivate more patience for ourselves and for others. And, you know, I think the hanged man is one of those cards that can be kind of like scary at face value, like the tower. You see it and you're like, oh, I don't like that. Um, But the way I interpret the hanged man is this time of being still long enough to receive wisdom. Hmm. And the maiden is super fucking fun, but wisdom is not one of their essential qualities because they're still learning shit. And the mother has had plenty of experiences that brought them into this phase of their life cycle. And they are in a position now where that wisdom is accumulating and growing and growing and growing as the people who depend on them, whether they are plant people or human people or animal people, um, require much of their time and attention and also receive the benefit of that wisdom that they've accumulated. I also think that this is a really interesting metaphor for gestation. Mm. As a, a birthing person, I have gestated two whole humans. <laughs> two whole ones. Whole. <laughs> um, and really like gestation, whether it's bringing a human life into the world or bringing an idea into the world is a time where like things need to be protected. Things need to slow down a bit. Mm -hmm. We need to allow whatever it is that we are creating to grow into itself so that it is strong enough to be released into the world as its own entity and being. And the hanged man is that deep pause Mm where we are able to do those things, to nurture those ideas or embryos into fullness so that they may become a part of their world unto themselves. Mm. Yeah. I like that card. Also, like, it fucking hurts. (laughs) Wow. I didn't think about that Mm -hmm. interpretation Mm -hmm. when I was like, I like, because as I learn more about the tarot Mm -hmm. in my, my own understanding of it, like what I was thinking was the hanged man in terms of like uh like being upside down Mm -hmm. and looking at something a different way Mm. because we're in a very interesting situation Mm -hmm. in that we have very different experiences with motherhood and i think that's Mm -hmm. you're definitely the perfect person to talk to about this 
Uh, I am a birthing person who chooses not to birth Mm -hmm. and is child-free by choice. Mm -hmm. And you are a birthing person who has birthed Mm -hmm. and who is also Mm non-binary. So I think... I think just talking with someone that's given birth and is a human mother and then me who is not, I think having those perspectives is, is really interesting. Mm-hmm. So that's sort of what I thought of was thinking about motherhood itself in mm-hmm. like an upside down way. And no, and yes. there are other ways to look at it other than just one way. Yes. There's so many different ways. Motherhood is something that we can embody and step into. And then like, my pain is self-chosen. Um, watching something or someone that you've grown inside of you, whether it's a human being or right. an incredible creative project, like exist outside of you, beyond your control. Like mm. it, it comes with it's pain. scary. It's really scary. It's scary. And... You know, not everybody gets to choose whether or not they want to be parents, which is right a symptom of a patriarchal society. But for people who do intentionally choose it, um, and people who don't, like when you experience motherhood, you experience pain. It's just, mm-hmm. it's just part of it. It's not the whole thing. There's so much joy. There's so much joy. Um, but you know, the universe exists in a scale of balance and with extreme joy comes extreme pain Mm -hmm. um and even like if we look at the human birth cycle like pushing out a human or having a human you know removed surgically through cesarean um it hurts yeah god you know fuck i just thought sorry mm -hmm. to interrupt you no tell me i was a breech baby Oof. They're upside down. Yes. The oh hanged gosh, man is upside man. down. You're so cute. I'm a little hanged <laughs> man. That's cute. That's really interesting that I was born in an unusual position and I've chosen an unusual position. Yes. That's oh, fucking cool. That's so fucking cool. Sorry, go ahead. But often like that moment when we're on the precipice of parenting of birthing someone or something um that's when we experience like the greatest pain yeah um and then we have the breakthrough and we experience the greatest joy and release and all of these things are mashed together in the messiness that is the mother experience right Mm -hmm. it's it's also, yeah, it's painful and like dealt like trifold because there's also like this, there's also the pain of giving birth, the pain of like gestation, and there's the pain of being like, what is your choice? Like, what, what does society expect you to do versus what you want to do? Mm-hmm. In my case, at least, like choosing not to have children comes with a lot of cynicism from other birthing people who have had children and being told I am selfish. And there's a lot of just like... In this economy? <laughs> in this economy? But, there, but there's a lot of that because... 
it's just it's like a pain cycle because I feel like Mm -hmm. and I might be wrong it's a lot having kids I know I'm not wrong about Mm -hmm. that it's a lot it's a lot and I think I'm not trying to like quantify and compare pain and experience but I know it's a lot Mm -hmm. and logistically it takes a toll and it's a that's why I don't want to do it Mm -hmm. because I see what what goes into it Mm -hmm. and it I quite I don't want to do that Mm -hmm. because I identified last year as a creatrix magically that's who I am Mm -hmm. and the literal definition of a creatrix is someone who bears and who births and who puts forth Mm -hmm. does not mean I put forth children Mm -hmm. I put forth my creative ideas and that's what I want to live for. I want to explore that. I want to have the freedom of the maiden. It's like I want to have my cake and eat it too. And I can Mm -hmm. because I have a choice, Mm -hmm. which is wonderful. So I almost feel like I'm living like in this one foot in the maiden and one foot in the mother almost. Mm -hmm. Or just that, you know, if the triple goddess is one entity, then all three things are within, then it doesn't mean that these things need to be linear or placed, Mm -hmm. right? As we discovered in the first episode. Yes. The whole concept is putting things in a, in a categorical order, Mm -hmm. which is useful, but Mm -hmm. also doesn't mean. Limiting. Limiting. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But I, yeah, I, there's the pain of that, the pain Mm -hmm. of being a mother. I think that's what upsets people that have kids when looking at someone like me who doesn't mm. and who gets to enjoy things that they don't quite like, frankly you suffer with me yeah <laughs> so i think i think that's where it comes and mm-hmm. then then they are mean mm-hmm. to you know and put that pain on try to put that mm-hmm. pain on to n- people that are child free by choice mm-hmm. but then in turn there are people that are child free by choice that are really terrible towards people that choose to have kids. And so it's just this like pain cycle. So yeah. when it says like my pain is self chosen, like mm-hmm. literally. Yeah, you have to <laughs> choose your fighter. <laughs> well, it's like, how do we like not yeah. keep this pain cycle mm-hmm. rolling? Because there's extremists on both mm-hmm. ends of the spectrum. And Absolutely. it's. I've been, I've felt extreme in that Mm -hmm. way where I'm just like, having kids is fucking like a waste of time. Like, I've felt that way before. Like, people that have kids are selfish because the world is shit. And like, why would you want to? I don't feel that way anymore. But like, I've had moments like that. But but honestly, if I'm being honest with you Mm -hmm. and myself, that came from the pain that I felt from the pressure of mm-hmm. people not agree, not accepting my choice. Mm-hmm. So it's like, and I, I think it's the other way around too. Like I really do. And it's like, it's just like, it's a lot of, you know, it's a lot of just negativity that's mm. being, when we should be somehow supportive of, of, our choices, one another's choices as birthing people. (laughs) Yeah, like But people love to ask couples who don't have kids, like when you're gonna have kids. When are you having kids? Your kids would be so cute. When you're having kids. Like we have to stop asking people that question. Yes, period. We literally need to stop because you have no fucking idea 
it's so what is or isn't going on the amount of to times. lead to that choice and it's not anybody's fucking business it's not and i will also say like mommy culture Ugh. here in the land of tiktok and the free um <laughs> is toxic as fuck mommy culture is toxic as fuck and it is very critical of people who don't want to embrace having children as well and i also think it's very exploitive of kids the children who are in the families yeah like i on purpose like you identify as creatrix i identify as the mother of mystics yeah and motherhood is something that i not only experience on a personal level but as a spiritual practitioner in service to others um but i purposely never show my kids on my platform yeah i don't show them i like reference them often but like even like saying their names makes me anxious because they're mm. their own beings mm. and they should get to live their own lives away from the internet and make their own decisions about that when they're old enough. Yeah. But I see like mommy culture on social media and it makes me really uncomfy and it feels like, like, are you having kids so that you have like a shtick to sell on the YouTube, like, because it doesn't seem sincere or like a loving environment for them. And no. then, you know, like, I've also been on the flip side of what you've yeah. received from judgmental people, yeah. like, who have kids passing judgment on you. Like, I've been on the other end of that with folks saying, I mentioned to somebody recently that I really want to have another baby and I'm living with. A lot of grief about that because mm -hmm. this world is expensive mm -hmm. this world is expensive and kids are mm -hmm. expensive and i always try to be really honest with folks about that because i do think a lot of like nobody told me like motherhood was very <laughs> like yeah misconstrued <laughs> or misunderstood like i don't know if i had known 10 years ago how hard yeah um being a mom would be i would have chosen it for myself mm -hmm. tbh and i'm i'm grateful i love my kids i fucking love being a mom um but if i had had some awareness <laughs> when I was 22, no, fuck yeah, I probably honest. would have tried a little harder to be on birth control. But <clears throat> here we are. And I'm actually really good at it, which is great. That's really um, big of you to say, because not a lot of people will admit that. And I, I think know. that's part of where the anger comes from, too. Exactly. Honestly. Yes. I, it's their resentment. It's the resentment. Yes. And they're like, but kids are like... <sighs> God, like the art, the rebuttals, like I, I follow some like child free by choice, mm -hmm. like Instagrams, um, that don't like harass people on the street. Cause I don't think that's nice. Some people do. <laughs> they do. I was like, oh, you guys need to stop doing that. <laughs> Not that I don't fully agree with you, but like there's some, there's, they're extreme. You know, I'm like, okay, we don't need to like We're be harassing. We don't need to like, <laughs> we need to protest, protest about other shit. We don't need to protest people having kids. Okay. It's fine. Anyway, that's not that's not the problem. We all know what the problem is. <laughs> Patriarchal white supremacy. Mm -hmm. But like um the resentment mm -hmm. it's so obvious to me. Yes. And I'm like, just 
I think a lot Stop. I think a lot of birthing people have this like idealized grief conception about, feeling... about what parenthood is going to be for them. Yeah. And that it's just all gonna fall into place and be this like honky dory American yeah. dream. Yeah. And like that's just not the reality for most people. It's scary um, to me. And it's <laughs> it's scary. It's hard navigating like two little kids and their interpersonal relationships and their personal development and their development with identity and gender and all this stuff like it's it's a lot of work and it's work that I love that I didn't know I would love Mm -hmm. but um what was I oh recently I was talking to somebody about really wanting to have another baby Mm -hmm. and their partner's response was why the world's ending isn't that selfish and I like took a deep breath and I was like well (sighs) I don't think the world is ending I think the world is changing and we need to raise good humans to be stewards of the world that is to come so that we don't keep repeating the cycles that we've been stuck in for the last thousand years or so. And even if the world is ending, like I want to live a joyful life. And for me, having kids, raising kids, like is, (laughs) I want to cry, like, it really is the most joyful thing. Mm-hmm. And like if money weren't real, like that would be my only job. I would be so content mm-hmm. just like being a fucking – and this is not like some trad wife bullshit. No, like, I'm, I'm hearing I you. I just didn't know that I, I loved – raising kids so much and I really do and I think I'm really great at it and And like I would keep going you know I love my partner I love the way he parents too and I was I I would just keep doing it um but that's beautiful and that's you know even if the world's gonna end I want it to end beautifully for us yeah um uh. well you know I'm trying to think of what, because I I always thought I would have kids. Always. A lot of people you hear about are like, um, I I never wanted kids and then I changed my mind. And that's fine. Mm -hmm. That's the typical like thing I hear. Is it like, did you change your mind or is that what society (laughs) expected you to do when you reached a certain age? And you just sort of gave in. Mm Mm-hmm. But I'm like the opposite, so it's extra weird because I always wanted kids. I always imagined I would have kids. I like named them and all this shit. And then (laughs) come to realize like I don't actually want them. Mm -hmm. I don't want my life to look like that. I don't because to me it's a gamble. Like you don't just because you have a kid doesn't mean it's going to be a good person. You can help. Totally. <laughs> but like full stop. Like it's somebody was Charles Manson's mother. Exactly. Someone <laughs> gave birth to baby Hitler. I don't want to be that person that's kid the <laughs> fucking school. Sorry, trigger warning. It's too God. late. And but those, like often those parents are like, we don't know what happened. And you know, I don't know. I don't know the answers. <laughs> well, I do, but like, you know. It's, Mm -hmm. I just, so it's, I had to go through this, this like mourning period of realizing that that's not going to happen. And it wasn't like, 
it's you can mourn something and know that it's okay that it's gone and know that it's the right thing to do. Absolutely. So I did yes. grieving in like a reverse way. Like I just mm-hmm. grieved the not the choosing not to. And if I told anybody that, they'd be like, "Well, you should just do. We should freeze your eggs." My eggs are fucking rotten and old. Okay, <laughs> I got like one left. Do you have like, egg freezing money? <laughs> I. Look, call me crazy, but I have an intuitive feeling that I'm, I am can't have kids. Mm. I don't think I'm capable of being pregnant. Mm. And that might just be a metaphor that I'm feeling. And it might just be like my, but I don't think I can. Because there's times when I should have been. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> and it never, never happened. Um, but, you know, it's funny is that my mom, who will listen to this, so I have to, like, <laughs> fucking remember not to say anything fucked up about my mom. Our number one fan. <laughs> Dina loves Thank you, our Dina. show. But no, my mom wanted to have kids, had kids, raised her kids, loved every. That's what she wanted. Like you were saying, like, that's what my mom did. And it was like the best thing ever. You know, like she was always home and like didn't have to work. And like, it was great. I have a great mom. Uh, Pisces mom. We, have, oh. we love water sign mom. Who's a Gemini rising, by the way. That's cute. I know. I know. I did her star chart like last week. I was like, what time were you born? She's like, hold on. Let's do, let's do can next. My stuff done. Um, (laughs) He's a Libra. Um, (laughs) But my grandma. (laughs) So I I grew up in a town where like there was a, a really high teen pregnancy rate. In yeah. high schools and and quite frankly junior highs and like I I don't know if it was a rumor but it might have been the highest in the country at one point. Wow. Shout out to Santa Maria High. <laughs> um, but so it was like drilled into me to not get pregnant <laughs> so much that I think it worked. <laughs> it was a spell. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> Literally, my grandma who is. A very independent woman would always tell me, you don't need a man or wear, marry a rich man. If you marry marry a rich man, don't have any kids. Don't have kids. Don't have kids. Don't have kids. I always heard don't have kids as a kid. And I'm like, well, you what like the me? fuck am I? <laughs> Dude, like, Are we okay? There, but there's, a, on my mom's side of the family, there's a lot of people that don't, my mom's siblings don't have kids. Yeah. My brother doesn't have kids. Yeah. We just, I think there's like, like there's some other genetics in there going on yeah. with some mental health issues, but like. As most of us. There's a little tisms, okay? <laughs> we have some tisms. But like, really, there. I don't know if that's why my brother and I like don't want to have kids, yeah. but there's also <clears throat> like, I grew up with, you know, family members that had, had animals as pets and love, and I loved animals and like oh, I, I have a deep love and affinity for animals mm-hmm. and that's sort of how I mother I mother, my dogs are like the level of commitment that I want you're also really good even though you don't want children you're good with children I, that that's the thing about mm-hmm. my husband and Mike mm-hmm. we all know Mike <laughs> Mike my husband Mike 
never wanted kids. Yeah. I wasn't like completely aware of that when we got married. <laughs> so we're always learning things about our long-term partners. Hey, you get married in Vegas after two months. You have to learn some things after some time, right? It's fine. We're going on 12 years. But there was a point when I was like, babies? And he was like, no. And I was like, what? And then we had to have that conversation. But I was always like, eh, on the fence. So I just sort of joined his side of the fence. Yeah. And... I'm okay with that. I'm told, but it's like there were there were people that I would imagine would be like, you should leave him. And if you want kids, you should, really? I, I don't want a kid with anybody. I want a kid with him if I'm going to have Thank one. You. Yes. I don't want a kid just to have a kid. Yes. I want the, if I'm going to make a little baby Asian, it's going to be a half Asian baby. <laughs> okay. Mike's Chinese, everyone. He's Chinese. <laughs> My last name is Wong. It's a whole thing. But, like, I'm not going to have... Yeah, anyway, that's how it's going down, if it's going to go down. But it's like, no, I want to be with my husband, my part. Like, that's the... I don't want to throw away my marriage because I want to have a kid. That didn't make sense to me. Well, and, like, your kid shouldn't be your life partner. No. Like, they are... This is not white oleander. Right. Like, they are themselves. <laughs> they are their own beings. Yeah. They get to grow up and find their own partners if that's something they discover they're interested yeah. in. Yeah. And I think that's how, like, a lot of parent-child relationships get funky is yeah. when, like, a parent depends on a child to be their partner. That's true. It gets fucking weird. And so when people are like, yeah. oh, leave him, just have a baby with anybody. Like, like that's mm, fucking weird. That's weird. Like... <laughs> But also I think that's a big part of like the scam of American culture is that we're expected to like settle down, have kids. And I, I don't want to settle down right. ever. <laughs> I don't. I want to live for my art. All the people I admire mm -hmm. like don't have kids. Mm -hmm. When I look at it, I'm like, oh, Stevie Nicks, no kids, mm -hmm. devoted to her music. That sounds better to me mm -hmm. than... I, changing diapies and shit but it's like so you were saying my <laughs> husband and i love kids that's what s people don't understand is like my husband is so good with kids in a not creepy way and like i it's he's not <laughs> he's not creepy not creepy but <laughs> like not. we're fun he's a fun <laughs> uncle okay and but like i love kids but i love like not i love going home after i'm done like taking mm -hmm. care of them mm -hmm. i like to Whoa, I just got an epiphany. <laughs> okay. I'm like Hestia. You are like Hestia. I will come and I will help you rear and nurture your child. I will teach them bad words and how to do magic. And then I will go home and let you do. I'm like, I'm more of a community member. Like, because if you ha if I had my own kids, if everyone had their own kids if and their own thing, everyone with a womb had kids, we, we would have no one to help us with the kid. We would have no one to help <laughs> yes. us with our own kids. Yes. Mm -hmm. So, aunties, I'm a lala to my little niece Winnie, mm -hmm. who's my one of my best friends' kids, mm -hmm. and yeah, seeing my. One of my friends become a mother firsthand mm -hmm. was the thing that made me know I didn't want kids. Yeah. 
for sure. <laughs> and I don't want to. I don't want to say that in like a. But but that was a fucking gift. Mm-hmm. And I've told her this before. Like it was such a gift because I was able to like I'm able to be around. I realize I just want to be around mm-hmm. kids sometimes, and like I want to have that family connection. I don't need it. I don't need all of it for myself. That's I don't need I... that. And mm-hmm. having having like. It is crazy just, like, being able to witness that and, like, be a part of her life. And, like, that's fulfilling enough. Mm-hmm. I think that's something that I really, like, love about you and probably why mm-hmm. I feel so comfortable with you, too, is that, you know, a lot of folks who choose not to have children, like, like don't really like kids at mm-hmm. all. And I think it's less about disliking kids and more about like your inner child still experiencing pain yeah and i'm like oh i can't i get when kids some kids are fucking shitty like some (laughs) kids are really annoying and some kids i don't like (laughs) okay but like hate i know but but like like, i get that i get that (laughs) i get the like i don't like annoying kids but like that's another whole yeah. conversation but like mm-hmm. yeah i i enjoy kids as people mm-hmm. like yeah like i you know i'm like bring your kids and you're sometimes you're like no <laughs> absolutely they're not staying home. like bring one of them fuck it like because i i like being I around kids and i'm like i need a break yeah like sometimes mama needs needs a break you know or, this is my yeah. me die <laughs> yeah and, and I get that, but it's like it's funny. Oh but God. yeah, the people that are just—I feel—I feel for them. The mothers like, are unsupported. Moms are really unsupported in this. People that culture. are free are are really hard on people that have kids sometimes, mm-hmm. and I don't like. I try to suppress those tendencies and and really because like, you know, when you see a mom struggling with multiple kids in the grocery store and they're screaming and we've all seen it Mm -hmm. and then judging the mom and just having these like, why did you even have kids if you can't handle them? Yeah, I've had I've had those thoughts mildly before. I'm not going to lie. But it's like if you look at. It is a, like someone has wanted to have the kids. Like mm-hmm. we don't know why we don't. It's very unsupportive, right? Well, in our society, like somebody's got to want to do it. Otherwise, our like species can't continue to grow. And some Just, people like, are okay world, with that. You know? like, <laughs> some people are like, "That's the whole point." <laughs> and I'm like, "I can't get it." Yeah. But like, it's just sort of not a not a real nice mm-hmm. way to. It's not a nice way to exist. And yeah, like you said, there it's some form of pain or trauma coming to this. It's just like whatever you choose is pain. Your pain is self- exactly. self-chosen. Like whatever you choose, there's going to be pain. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the, 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 yeah. I mean, I still, I still have some moments where I'm like, uh, you know, babies, but then I'm like, then I see reality and I'm like, oh no, that's yeah. not for me. I couldn't do what I love if I had kids. There's no way. There is no fucking way I could afford to live where I live, do what I do. Mm-hmm. I could no longer have my business. Barely. I can barely do it as it is. Mm-hmm. Like, 
I don't want to give up my time and my body and my energy. I don't. So I don't. Yeah. Yeah. But and there, I, there's still like a, a grieving process with that when you, and that's something people don't talk about mm-hmm. is it's okay to grieve the not, it's okay to grieve that you don't want to have a kid and, and grieving that you're never going to fill this like role that people want you to be in society. And you're not going to get praise and accolade for your accomplishments as a woman. If you don't have a fucking child, mm. no one's going to send you a congratulatory card when you start a new business venture <laughs> or do it or create something fucking rad, <laughs> but they'll, you know what I yeah. mean? You don't celebrate like company reveal parties. There's, there's no gender <laughs> reveal party. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> petition to end gender reveal parties oh they are destroying the environment <laughs> so there's not a, you get less attention in a traditional way mm-hmm. when you don't have kids you get you don't get pats on the back yeah for but doing then, okay things. on the flip side you become a parent you're in an industry that you've been working really hard putting all of your dues in and all of a sudden you're peers and the people above you start treating you like a pariah (laughs) like that was definitely my experience working in apparel Mm. I worked in um, corporate retail and in wholesale and like like I became like the fucking leper like I got pushed out of my job because I, I couldn't answer the phone at 11 o'clock at yeah. night because I was tired now that I had a kid. And, like, you never want to hang out with us and have drinks after work. Yeah. Like, I have to drive home in three hours of traffic to go yeah. make dinner and lunches yeah. and do laundry. Like, no, I don't want to have drinks with you after work. Yeah. And, like, you know, it, it was just – and I felt really – I felt like it was just me for a long time. Like, I did something wrong. I did something wrong. Mm. And that's why I suddenly became bad at having a job and why my boss decided to start hating me and push me out of my Mm. role. And as I've started talking to more parents at this new school that my kids are at, um, I'm realizing, like, a lot of us have experienced this. Mm. Like, every mom I've talked to has told me that they got pregnant and all of a sudden everyone at work started treating them like shit, Mm. like shit. And like, they talk about our bodies. They talk about our boobs. They talk about our ankles. They want to touch us. They want to grab us. They want to talk about how much weight you've gained, how much food you're eating. And you're like, what? What gender is your baby? What are you going to name it? I don't like that name. So much grabbing was happening. I had a boss who told me that he thought of me as his daughter. And then all of a sudden was like, I can't stop staring at your tits. They're huge. And I was like, this it's okay. harassment. And the only reason you think you can say that to me is because I'm pregnant. And that shit's fucking weird. It's weird because you're vulnerable. Yes. You and feel then people so, and take hormonal, advantage of that. And then they take advantage of that. It's such a weird thing. It's weird. And, and that's when other fucking birthing people need to gather around a pregnant person and protect them. Yeah. And not shout... Mm-hmm. <laughs> child-free insults at them like we it's fucking weird like (gasps) the way our society hates like 
<laughs> people who have the ability to give birth yeah. is fucking weird. And yeah. I have a one of my mentors, Chiron Armand, um, was teaching a class about land, being in right relationship with land. And he touched upon how, um, oh my gosh, I can't remember all of it, but I know he said like the Fae are the justice system of the earth and that um, Africa, of course, is like the heart of the earth mm. and the Middle East is the womb Mm. of the earth and he's like i believe that's why there's so much mm. violence there mm. it's like a reflection of the way our society sees and treats mm. people who like an extreme can give birth or Honestly, like women yeah. whether you're trans or yeah, cis yeah. you're a woman when we say like, women we mean all together like yeah and not all women are birthing people but yeah. you know um non-cis men like that's yeah, yeah like the violence there is like a reflection of how our society has rebelled against what we talked about last episode yeah. which is like the matriarchal way of living where if we mm -hmm. i feel like if we didn't have patriarchal values mm -hmm. in our blood Mm -hmm. like we would be able to be kinder to women would be kinder to other women mm -hmm. and we would be able to protect each other's choices and not attack them. Yes. Right. It's, it's hard. Mm -hmm. It's hard. I mean, I'm sure we've both have, mm -hmm. have had thoughts and tendencies mm -hmm. towards being angry with someone of the opposite mm -hmm. choice, but it's like, you really have to take stock of that shit because it's toxic and it just breaks us even more when, like, we need each other. Yeah. We need each other. Yeah. Um, you know something I've been thinking a lot about? You mentioned your what your grandma used to say. and Because um, <laughs> she had a bad experience <laughs> with men. My, my grandma. My grandpa was garbage. That's yeah, why. My mom's dad was a rolling stone. Oh, um, yeah. And my aunt's dad, because my grandma was married twice, my aunt's dad. Well, I mean, okay, we come from a family of, like, crime. <laughs> we were <laughs> I think my grandpa was like murdering um, people. We were, Mom, that, it's your dad. That's that's more than light crime. <laughs> it's some heavy crime. We no, were, I don't know if he was murdering people. We were people. like prohibition he, gamblers. He, yeah, oh no. <laughs> Bookies. He, he might have done some I don't know what the fuck he was doing. Well, like my family ran books <laughs> and I can talk about it now because we don't do it anymore. That's cool. Um but my aunt's dad, like that was his career and like the money was just not consistent enough for my grandma to like be home and take care of family and feel yeah. safe and comfortable. But anyway, what I'm thinking about with my grandma's experience and your grandma's experience is that so many women during that time didn't have any other option. No. There was no, you literally could not get a bank account. No. That's you could right. not get a bank account. That's right. Until the 70s. And I remember my grandma would say things to me growing up that I didn't understand, but I would just take in because she was mm -hmm. my grandma. Yeah. Like if a man asks you if you have money, always say no. Yeah. Always say no. And it was, and I realized, oh, that's because she used to have to collect cash and stash it so that she'd have any money to survive. Yeah. And she would always tell me like the importance of having jewelry. Like you need mm. to receive jewelry because like that's your that's your collateral. Some mm -hmm. shit goes wrong, your husband's gone, mm -hmm. you start selling your gold. Mm -hmm. Um 
And so, you know, if a man gives you jewelry, you keep it no matter what. Okay, grandma. Uh, <laughs> solid <I'm> five. <laughs> I'm kind of soft heart. <laughs> Can we have a tea party? Um, but I, I think about it a lot and I, I grieve about it a lot. Like uh, just generations and generations of women mm. and birthing people who were forced into motherhood. Yeah. And we think about like, Ugh. like boomers and how like fucked up as a generation they are like how many of their moms never wanted to be a mom yeah how many of their moms never no one asked them no one asked them no one asked them how many like children were conceived in non-consensual circumstances mm. even within the context of a marriage mm-hmm. for that whole generation yeah and the generations before um it just gets worse and worse it as just you go gets back. Wor- yeah. <laughs> to a point, maybe. Like, it's actually better. getting better now. Right. If you go, yeah. like, pre... Yeah. yeah. Pre- when we go back to the matriarchal society... Yeah, the ones that don't exist, as per our last episode. Right. <laughs> like, then it's different. But, like, these last few societies that have existed, there hasn't been a lot of choice in the matter for birthing people. It was, like, the only, the only mm-hmm. option. And, like, some... You know, birthing folks were able to evade it, but then what happens to them? They become the spinster, mm-hmm. the witch, mm-hmm. the crone, the evil, scary lady living at the house down the street. And yeah. It's like you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't. So just do what makes you happy. Yeah. <laughs> Especially now that you can have your own bank account. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. A big part yeah. of my job like as a spiritual practitioner is working with folks who have like tumultuous or painful relationships with their mothers or their parents um you know like so many queer folks have difficult relationships with their parents either their entire lives or starting when they you know Mm -hmm. came out and so I do a lot of work around that and like growing up in Latin American culture. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm lucky my mom was like the first cycle breaker. That's cool. But like my dad's mom, I love you, Abuela. She doesn't speak English. It's fine. Um, my cousins better not listen to this. <laughs> like she was a fucking problem. She was a problem. And a lot of folks who come from like Latin American homes, like, Bless our moms. Some of us have really good, warm, loving moms, but a lot of us have, like, mean, awful, like, insulting moms. And that's Mm. just, oh, it's just part of the culture. Like, insulting your kids regularly is just part of the culture, and we're supposed to accept that. And so uh, that's a big part of the work that I do with clients as well is, like, being this kind of – maternal guide to them when their own mother was not accepting of who they are and yeah in portuguese culture the women don't mince words (laughs) (laughs) my great grandma was a bitch (laughs) rest in peace um yeah she was a very mean my mom's told me stories of her just you know she goes going over to her house, which I grew up in. <laughs> and she'd just be like, 
you're getting fat. Yes. <laughs> this is the first thing she'll say. But then they want to like feed you until you're puking. Like I'm yeah, like, fucking you're confused. Fat. You're getting fat. Oh, but you didn't finish your rice. Yeah. <laughs> and then my grandma, her daughter though, is the one that's like, don't have kids, don't. So yeah, I can't imagine what that situation was right? like. Could you imagine? My grandma was hard core. Yeah. My great grandma. But yeah, yeah, um, yeah. kind of similar. But it's like, well, why, you know, I'm sure there's reasons why they're so hardcore and mean. Yeah. And, you know, it's like this whole cycle. It all comes cycle, back to that internalized, yeah, like internalized misogyny and like eternalized <sighs> patriarchal values. And it just, I'm really <laughs> grateful to be a part of this generation that's having lots of like mass awakenings about what parenthood can be, what motherhood can be, and like that yeah. you don't have to do it if you don't want to is There's like a lot of people choosing not thing. to have kids, and it's yes. it's really it makes me feel better yes. and not so alone because I think there's so people many. don't get it. Yes. Even now, I've had people dinner with strangers, friends, friends, mm. whatever. You know, be like, oh, you're not gonna have any kids? Why? Are you sure? <laughs> Like yeah, yes, I'm sure that's a weird I thing to like say. My sleep, <laughs> yeah, getting used to not sleeping. I don't no, think that ever happens. Thank you, you know. And oh. it's not to be like, wow, what a shitty. Because there are really beautiful things about being around children that I like, but luckily I don't have to. You do should it get all to choose. Time. But like I said, like Hestia, like mm-hmm. an aid. Like there are goddesses that are maiden goddesses to aid and mm-hmm. with the home and like other aspects of life mm-hmm. and, and raising a, I think there's something really special about having an aunt that doesn't have any kids. Mm-hmm. And like I had a cool aunt that was really creative, didn't have any kids. Um, yeah. And I, I had that. lost her, but like, you know, for a while I had that influence and it, and they had a lot of animals and like that affected me i was mm-hmm. like wow you're young and beautiful and cool and like mm-hmm. and, like ooh, staying up to midnight and like glue guns <laughs> and and yes. spray hairspray <laughs> and like masks and yeah. like i want i like i want to be that person for like my friend's kids mm-hmm. or my nieces and nephews you know so it's i just wonder yeah. how much like matrilineal pain wouldn't exist if like in these last few generations, like women had birthing people had the ability to choose to not have kids, you know? Probably a lot. A lot. I think there's so many women birthing people who just like didn't have any other options. And I think that's a source of a lot of pain. So I think it's fucking cool when people know it's something that they don't see themselves doing or feel called to do and honor that Mm because it's a big fucking responsibility and you should do it if you want to with your whole body not because the world tells you that you have to Mm -hmm. and it's also you know kind of witchy to like rebel against society's expectations of you and your body i am taking the road less traveled Mm -hmm. and that's a choice Mm -hmm. And it's one I'm 100% good on, you know. And it's 
the the path to like your decision or whatever if you're in between is not always easy it goes up like I always wanted kids mm-hmm. when I was but it's not it's not that I wanted to actually have kids it's that I'm a very nurturing mother typed person mm-hmm. the very my dogs are like my freaking <laughs> everything like they are my kids and <laughs> I love them with that same veracity and that's Moms don't like hearing that when I say that. Like, I love my dogs just as much as you love your kids. And I understand that, like, chemically and physically, changes go through your body when you have a kid that mm-hmm. are different. But I do think that love is relative and it's mm-hmm. the same. So when, when you lose, like, what's the worst thing in the world? Like, losing a child, right? This mm-hmm. goes back to our first episode on mm-hmm. death. Like, when I lost my pet, like... My therapist even confirmed that it was like I lost a child. It was that much pain. Mm -hmm. And the support I received was definitely not as much as it would have been if I had lost an actual child. So there are things about being child-free that suck (laughs) because you don't get... I've gone through that, and I kind of don't give a shit if anyone thinks that's not authentic because, like I said, I think love is relative. But we don't take those things seriously... Because, I mean, I understand it's an animal life versus a human life, but, like, it's it's relative if you don't have kids. And motherhood is not, it's not just like being, it's like womanhood. It's not just, if you're a woman, you you bleed, you have a vagina, I mean, you menstruate, you're a woman. That's it. Mm-hmm. You're a mother, you have kids, that's it. If you don't have kids, you're not a mother. It's the same fucking thing. Mm-hmm. It's a very similar, like... Binary, uh, binary, binary way approach. of thinking. Yeah. So when we're thinking about the mother phase of this triple goddess mm-hmm. section, <laughs> sectioned off <laughs> symbolic thing, it's like, let's try and expand and like the hanged man teaches us, like mm-hmm. look at things from another perspective mm-hmm. and know that it, it, it flips around and it's round, mm-hmm. like the circle in the middle of the symbol. Like it's just... It's not one thing. It's not one path. Yes. This is also reminding me as you're talking about like looking at motherhood from a different perspective, like in a lot of like queer, queer folks, like we make our own families. Yeah. We find other queer people and we become family to one another and we all fall into our different roles and some folks need more support and care and nurturing and some folks are able to offer that care and nurturing and fall naturally into that like motherhood role Mm um i'm also thinking about like um like ball ballroom and how like the leader of like the different houses they're called the mother and like that's also something common in drag like for somebody to be your drag mom mom. and have like drag babies Mm -hmm. and like there's so many different ways that motherhood can be experienced in an authentic way that doesn't like require you to like biologically give birth to children like Mm -hmm. there's so many different ways if you feel called to that experience to have it in a way that makes sense for you yes Mm -hmm. like starting a business Mm -hmm. like designing i'm designing another tarot deck Mm -hmm. like that's a project i'm gestating right now Mm -hmm. and i i told mike the other night like i was just drawing and i'm in this like phase of like like creating it you know Mm -hmm. i'm it's it's like i am very much like okay i'm gonna draw now 
you know, and like I get in this zone, I'm like, I feel really fulfilled. Yeah. Like doing that because I don't always because running a business fucking shit sometimes. Yeah. And there's a lot of other components I don't like. But as a creative person, mm-hmm. a very creative person, that that brings me a lot of fulfillment mm-hmm. just to like have that gestational yes. period. So like, yeah, if you're if you're someone who's like, I want to be a mother, but I don't want to have kids like. Maybe you don't like dogs or pets mm-hmm. or anything. That's fine. You just maybe you get some plants or like start a club or yeah. like yes. volunteer. Be a community leader. Exactly. Yes. Become a part of community so yeah. that you can grow into that leadership motherhood role. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Start a theater company. Start a gardening club. Mm-hmm. Like mentor other witches or like yes. share share your wisdom. And yeah, that yeah. That's mm-hmm. I did this thing called Young Storytellers. Do you know what that is? Mm-mm. It's in LA. It's an organization. I don't know if it's it's nationwide, but it's an organization where people go into schools and elementary schools about third grade and you teach a group of students how to write screenplays. And so you're paired with them and you mentor them. And it's like, I did that for a long time and I was able to do that because I don't have kids. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I'm teaching your kids. Like I, mm-hmm. like I want to do that and then go home. Like it was an hour and it was like the most fulfilling thing ever mm-hmm. to just get, go and teach them something creative that can help their life and then yes. leave. Like that's what I <laughs> Like a fairy godmother. Yes. Yeah, like a, like a, yeah, like mm-hmm. a fairy godmother or something like that. It's just, there are other ways to experience. It's a different way to experience shit, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Mm. Yeah, that fa- that phase of it's such an interesting because what is what is the mother? What is the mother's sim- like it's it's to me it's like fulfillment. It's like finding mm. fulfillment. Like if the maiden is like searching and experimenting, the mother phase is like when you find the thing. Mhm. And you start to feel confident in yourself about the thing. You find the thing and you share it. Mm -hmm. Like there's some sort of connectivity. Mm. Even if that's, I found a pet and I love it. Like that's motherhood. Like Mm -hmm. that's, yeah. Like that's sort of the, I'm making a round symbol with my hands if you're listening Mm -hmm. to this because that's the full part of the moon. The moon moon is full, right? And in that phase, things are on the precipice. Things are Mm -hmm. at its, biggest peak before it starts to slow down again and it's like yeah Mm, I like that mother the mother is fulfillment yeah full like you just had a good meal Mm -hmm. (laughs) like you foraged for your ingredients you're when you sitting were the down to yeah. eat. Now you're sitting down to eat, yes. and then you're gonna shit it out when you're the crone. That's some trickster, triple goddess analogy for you. Only Laura can make it about poop. I will make it about poop. I will. Di- about digestion that's a cycle <laughs> yes it's, it's like okay it is a pretty brilliant like yeah, i know in yeah. the last episode i was like triple goddess like came from you know all this blah 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 but it's like actually pretty cool way to to categorize well and it also a cycle of life like when you think about it as digestion or as uh mm. birth or the moon like we are all just mirror images of creation. All of the different processes, even shitting, mm-hmm. like all mirrors of 
creation and that that shit like blows my mind you know what's weird too there's like three parts to storytelling as well like your goal your conflict and then a resolution Mm -hmm. it's like Mm -hmm. threes threes magic comes in threes what is it in charmed the power of the power of three the power of three do you want to talk about any mother goddesses Um, that you like oh god i had a really good quote i'm sorry tell me there's a quote that I found about the mother archetype um, by Marika Messager. Okay. This is on her website. The mother archetype is the matrix of a woman's natural capacity and numinous power to conceive, birth, sustain, and renew life, whether mm. it is a child, a project, a garden, or an idea as well as death when that is necessary. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like that a lot. I really liked that, and I, I wrote it down. I like that a lot. Yeah. Mm. You know what I was thinking about just now? Food? Um, always. I'm always thinking about food. Um, <laughs> Same. You know, oh, I just burped again. Sorry, mm. I must be hungry. Um, My earrings are pogs, by the way. So totally off topic. And the pogs shut <laughs> yeah. the fuck up those are collector's oh, items holographic lions oh, i always love the like the metal the popper pot what the were slammer. they called the slammer oh, yeah. thank you to those are you my that. favorite brought to, i was gonna mention um, that oh the nostalgia the nostalgia i was just thinking about you oh. and how like <laughs> how like kore is the goddess of spring and in the myth like kore is is kidnapped or are worded by Hades and then goes into the underworld and becomes the queen of the underworld and Persephone, but mm-hmm. is still also the goddess of spring. But like Persephone is the mother of the underworld, but does not have any biological kids. Mm. And like, Mm-mm. it's just, it's cool to see this like partnered, fully bloomed, woman figure Mm -hmm. who does not procreate Mm -hmm. you know like there's just not one way of doing things and i'm down with persephone that popped into my head just now that's very cool um my favorite mom is mary (laughs) i have mary it's the last on my list but i do have mary mary they're not in order of faith um yeah mary's cool i mean i grew up in folk catholicism and the blessed mother for so many colonized people is why am i crying again um because it's a lot the blessed mother is who connects us to the old ways like the blessed mother is who connects us to pre-colonial matriarchal Mm. goddess worship society and the church has used her time and time again to like disguise local goddesses to try to erase local goddesses and she time and time again refuses to allow them to be erased Mm. and instead invites us to meet those who came before her but even mary as herself not as a a mask or a gatekeeper mary as herself is this like mystical young Jewish woman who lived in Palestine and 
said yes to like something that sounded fucking crazy. Like she chose her motherhood. She chose it. She had an option. And um, it's something that you don't see as much in more recent interpretations of the Bible. But when you go back further to older translations of the text, like not only does she choose it, but like it is a moment of ecstasy Mm. for her. Um, There's actually a long prayer called the Ecstasy of Mary that used to be really popular in the Middle Ages. But it was like kind of like erotic fanfic. I know, Um, like truly. And I think that that's something that got taken away on purpose to like emphasize, like to take the pleasure out of it, to take the pleasure and the consent out of it. Right. Um, Fuck. I know, huh? It makes me really mad. <laughs> I know, to take the pleasure and the consent out of it. But when we go to her true story, like, not only was she consenting, like, she experienced pleasure through this. And I think that, like, the removal of pleasure from the mother is something we see mm. a lot, like, mm. in media and in pop culture. Like, mom is, like, oh, tired and grumpy. Gro- you know, it's and, always, like, yeah. the married couples don't fuck anymore. Yeah. Like, the married women don't want to fuck their husbands anymore. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, maybe your husband's shitty and that's what... Maybe you're shitty and that's why your wife doesn't want to have sex with yeah. you anymore. <laughs> yeah. Because um, that's too bad, but... The I, loss of, like, self and self-care. Mm, yes. Like, maybe you need to help her more and then yeah. she'll have the energy maybe to she needs do a, with. a cool sister to help out. <laughs> but I think, like, Pluck mothers... or something. Like get majorly desexualized yes yeah and it's like weird to me because you become a mother most by... of the time by fucking like that's like that's the simplest bio yeah. way to do it like but there's then, lots of other ways that, it's like yeah but then after right. that that's like when you become frigid that's when it starts yes I don't think crone or croneship, which I don't even know if that's a term. I just made it up. Mm-hmm. Happens at when you become a, an older person. I think it happens for some people when you become a mother. Yes, it's like they best all mm-hmm. these crone like negative traits that aren't really negative. Yeah, but they, we'll get into that. <laughs> yeah, we'll get into that part three. But like they they start to trickle in mm-hmm. when you have a kid you're yes. like you're like an old sow and you're an old you're maid like, now yeah like a dog that's had litters and litters and won't get adopted yeah that's yeah, that's truly sad, yeah honestly, like your worth de- is devalued yeah because now you've, you've had, had a, a kid you've yeah like it's you're just, used it's like, fucking weird but it's really quite rude i like to embrace that has to do with like the weird virginity pedestal exactly. weird shit. Too. Yes. Yes. It's all all in the same pot of piss. <laughs> That's so true. Pot of piss, shit now. Your meal. But anyway, Sorry, I love everybody. <laughs> Jeez. I love that Mary is wow. a fully embodied mom who is flawed like there's a story in the bible of her and joseph like going to this wedding and they get super fucked up and then they leave was it a wedding or was it passover i don't remember but then they leave and they don't realize that they left jesus oh my god shut up until they're like fucking halfway home they're home alone but with jesus (laughs) and then they come back and like kid jesus is like family disappeared the mom was like where were you? We were looking everywhere for you. He's like, I've been here. (laughs) 
I was here the whole time. <laughs> like he's mad, and I just Jesus. I think it's cool that like she's not perfect, right? She's not perfect. Well, that's really cool. I didn't know. Yeah, I know most of this and like stuff. she cares for all of the disciples, and when like Christ dies, he mm. tells John like this is your mother and he tells his mom this is your son and that was the mm. moment that like Christ gave his mom to the world oh, and wow. like I think that's just like mystical and magical but yeah he put I her love... on the gram yeah <laughs> <laughs> he tagged her on the gram made her public <laughs> made her a TikTok account <laughs> so I just I love her that's really cool I love Mary and she teaches us the value of repetition in our magic and trance in our magic mm. through the rosary yeah and that's cool. I like that. That's <laughs> very wow. Well, some other notable mother goddesses. Tell us. Demeter. Oh yeah. Mother of Persephone. Mother of Persephone. A mother of a, mm-hmm. of a mother. A mother of a childless mother. Mm-hmm. A mother who knows grief. A mother who knows grief. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Demeter. I love Madonna that. and the Child. Mm-hmm. Uh, Isis. Yes. Okay, and the early statues of Mary were statues of Isis mm. holding, was it Horus? Mm-hmm. Um, they were, like, repurposed. There's a lot of that. <laughs> no, there's a lot of that within within this research. Like, we're finding mm-hmm. things transubstantiate, like, mm-hmm. other things, and things get mixed with other well, things. It's like we all are telling the same it's story. It's like we're all telling mm-hmm. the same. Which means it comes from somewhere. Yeah. Interesting. That's juicy to me. That's very <laughs> juicy. juicy. Who else? Juicy. Hera. Oh yeah. Yes. Hera's the mother to me. babe. The, the wife of Zeus. Because my God, you got to be a strong one. You to have to be strong. Hera and take no shit. Um, Gaia. Mm. Another Greek mm-hmm. term for like. She's mother like a Earth. Titan too. Yeah, yeah, I think so. The Earth. Um, Yamoya, mm-hmm. which is a West African mother of the ocean. Mm-hmm. Uh, my friend Juliet Diaz is very <laughs> attached to Yamoya, so I've heard a lot about her, and it's very cool. Um, Frigg, I know we don't get into Norse too much, but uh, she's the wife of Odin. Oh. Um, I know Bridget and Freya are also mothers mm-hmm. associated with different motherly things. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and then Mary and Bast is the cat, Egyptian mm. cat mm-hmm. god. This and yeah, and then there's Lilith too. Okay, and Lilith does not Some, ha- well. Somebody that's weird that you fucking said mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. Somebody suggested. Sent me a message and said, I love your podcast. Um, I think if you did an episode on Lilith, that would be really interesting. Oh, I've, I've and fucking I'm love Lilith. Down. We should do that. I love Lilith because Lilith, in some myths, she's the mother of demons. Like yeah. She gives birth to all the demons. Um, but I believe that's something that got added to her lore later. Um, but something that I channeled a few years ago from one of my guides was that, like, Lilith is a mother to the discarded, those who feel unwanted, Mm -hmm. those who feel like they have no mother to turn to. Like Lilith 
uh, extends her big dark bat like wings and calls them in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love that. Mm-hmm. I love that too. I think I feel like Lilith and Persephone would get along or not Absolutely. get along, but I feel like they're in the same boat. Underworld spirit, underworld spirit moms, mm-hmm. <laughs> spirit moms, spirit, spirit mom. fingers. <laughs> yeah. Well, she's what, 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 how much time without with, I feel like we can't go much further without yeah. getting into the crone territory. Yeah. Cause we're starting to establish that do when you get to this, to take questions, do we have time this episode? Yeah. I, like uh, I have a few. Yeah. Open them up. I have a few. How to learn. This is from, um, underscore, 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 go underscore away, underscore, underscore, underscore. <laughs> How to learn about the spiritual practices of our ancestors. That's uh, a heavy one. Okay. So <laughs> <laughs> I think the most important thing to understand about learning about the practices of your ancestors is that you're not going to figure it all out overnight or even in a few days. Um, and sometimes not even in a few years. years. No. It is the work of... A lifetime. It's work. For sure. Um, The best place I can suggest to get started is to, A, like, figure out who your ancestors are and where on earth they were. Mm -hmm. Um, That is, like, the most important place to begin the journey because you can't just start, like, practicing a spirituality without understanding the people and the land that that spiritual practice is rooted in. For example, I am currently researching my Azorian heritage, Mm -hmm. the people of the islands. For instance, things that I've noted, um, the islands are, they have like 26 fucking active volcanoes Mm -hmm. on these islands. So I'm looking to like volcanic magic. Like, what does that mean for me? You know, like, what is my relationship to like Mm -hmm. volcanoes as a, as a a natural entity? And like, what does that mean for me? Volcanoes are mothers. So that's a part of me because that was a part of my ancestors. So that's, for instance, is how I'm taking literal information and kind of extracting the magic from it. Mm -hmm. Right. Like topography is something you can probably easily find out about, but um, yeah. Like we're gonna do, we're gonna do a whole episode this season about folklore and fairy tales, and we'll get more into that. That'll sort of be what the lessons in that episode will be about. But to start with, like, get your DNA done. What's on there? Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes it's a dry reading. Like I'm reading a book on why my ancestors immigrated from the Azores to. Mm-hmm. America and then why am I here you know so it's like there's some like boring like research stuff that you have to you can't skip it there's no magical Azorian books there's I don't have that knowledge um that's not something that was passed to me so I have to sort of find it in boring dry reading sometimes right so the reasons why you know but the ocean volcanoes I've learned is something that's very relevant to me so Mm -hmm. so things like that you'll sort of and then you can look into like ocean magic and like what kind of rocks were where you're you know on the islands that blah 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 so you can sort of like get these little threads and just pull on them Mm -hmm. if it and use your intuition also to sort of like discern what's what's the right path to go on and also Mm -hmm. i'm sure like speaking to your spiritual guides 
is also a good option while you're doing that. Yeah, especially, like, you know, a lot of POC folks, like, ancestry tests only get you so far. Right, because they lump everybody Um, into, like, one category. Yeah, they're like, you're Mexican. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. That's a nationality. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) But (laughs) when stuff like that isn't helpful for you, I think that divination is really helpful. Whether it's like printing out a world map and holding a pendulum over it mm-hmm. or going to see a spiritual practitioner who specifically specializes in connecting you to ancestors and ancestry. Um, That's get some cool. magical help so that you're not going about this process alone. Once you get that initial bit of like guidance, that little bit of direction, then like as Laura said, like start digging into the research portion, reading, you know, really practical research books about like the land, the environment, the animals, like, um, you know, what did people do for trade there? All these different things offer us clues. And then something else that we always like to talk about is folklore and yes. fairy tales as sources of inspiration and information That's for how to the, connect. That's the good stuff is, really. Mm-hmm. I for, agree. In, for example, like, you know, um, hydrangeas grow rampant in the Azores, the flowers. Mm-hmm. So recently I purchased some dried um hydrangeas and now i have them on my altar with a photo of my some of my ancestors so like little things like that you can start to give them little little offerings little tidbits yeah if you know that or you know you're just trying to like connect get creative and like connect the dots but but yeah like you said with the dna test they're not always accurate for some folks and it's it's frustrating, but I do think some of them are working. They're changing that a little. I know the some are better than others. I couldn't some tell you. Some are better than others. Yeah. You should probably find out which one we're, we like should yeah. advise people to use. I recently found something called Somos Ancestry, and it digs a little bit deeper into um, f- ancestry of folks who have Mesoamerican yeah. um, backgrounds. And it gives you more specific information about like regions and tribes. Um, all over Latin America, but I don't know if there's something similar, like uh, most like um, African-American folks, black folks that I work with are like, that shit doesn't work for me. So like, I don't know if there's one better. Mm -hmm. I should do some research and see if I can find something. We'll do that before we do that episode. We'll talk about, we'll talk about that then. Cause it is, it is a helpful, there's a lot of information on white people, of course. So if you are of European descent, uh, I've, I'm down to the percentage. Like, they got me figured out. <laughs> they even pinpointed the island in the Azores that my family is from, and they were correct. That's fucking cool. Yeah. So, yeah. But they need to broaden that shit for everybody. because That's cool. Yeah. How do you deal with ancestors who are shitty? Should I answer that one? Yeah. Okay. So, a few different anonymous people sent this one in. (laughs) What do you do if your ancestors are shitty? And actually, this came up in my um, private community. I have a community called Moonshadows, and it's like a monthly membership. And we have a Discord group where we discuss mystical and magical things but i had a client recently ask legit, the same thing that's a legit question it's a good question um because they have the awareness that there are a lot yeah. of 
colonizers in their family line and they're like i do want to connect with ancestors yeah. and practice ancestral veneration without perpetuating right. harm and so my suggestion the first thing i encourage people to do is ancestral elevation rites and ancestral elevation rites are a part of espiritismo but really there's something that anyone can do um and ancestral elevation helps to push the souls of the dead to we call it the light um which i guess is kind of binary but we ask to push them to the light so that their spirits um no longer influence in the sake of harm Mm. so whether it's harm that they've caused themselves harm that they caused others like when you have shitty ancestors they are likely still running around in spirit form influencing the living to cause harm so by doing ancestral elevation rites for these ancestors specifically um, and any ancestors wise and well who are in need of this assistance we help to push them to the light so that they can reconcile their behaviors and begin the process of becoming good ancestors who influence the living for better Mm. rather than for worse so that's where i always tell people to start so that you know you're not accidentally calling upon like some asshole um the next thing i encourage you to do is to create an ancestral altar And I would keep it really simple at first, just whatever surface is available to you. It can be a little shelf. It can be one shelf on a bigger thing, a folding table, whatever you have access to. A white cloth, a candle, and a glass of water. Um, The candle is to light the path towards your altar. The water is to offer them refreshment for their thirst. And the white cloth is symbolic for the veil. Um, And just use this place to start talking to them and at first it's going to feel like you're talking to yourself and that's okay but the more that you engage with that space the more you'll start to notice the like subtlety the hints of the ancestors wise and well who are near and i think another thing to remember is like it's very important to have consciousness awareness around your ancestors who caused harm because that helps you to do better right Mm -hmm. but also know that like even if the only ancestors you know of are shitty. I promise you. Yeah. I promise you that somewhere in your line, there are a lot of really good humans. There are a lot of really fucking awesome humans who love the earth, who love the mother, who love each other, and who fucking love you. And if you ask for those ancestors wise and well to be present with you, you'll start to feel them with you and connect with them in a deeper way. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was going to say some sort of like boundary or whatever, but that the rights thing is totally, yeah, that's a great idea. And if you don't know how to do ancestral elevation, you can email me. Um, It might be on my blog. And if it's not, I can just send it to you. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. A way to like separate out the shitty ones. Exactly. And let them know like mm-hmm. that is that's cool because you're like helping as well. It's exactly. like healing as well as mm-hmm. protecting yourself. Exa- it's twofold. Exactly. It's twofold. it keeps them out of your space and it also pushes them to like reconcile their shitty behavior so that they don't keep influencing the living to be shitty too. <laughs> it's so interesting. Mm-hmm. I love that. Mm-hmm. So there you have it. Yeah. 
Well, thank you. Thank you, Laura. And thank you for watching and listening to Third Eye Bind. Be sure to leave us a message on the Third Eye line. Until next week. Go. Bye. Part three next week. Thank you so much for listening. You can follow the podcast at Third Eye Bind Pod on Instagram. There, submit your questions via the Third Eye line by sending us a voice message or text DM. The show is available wherever you listen to podcasts and for you to watch on YouTube. Get early access to episodes and even monthly one on one sessions with us by joining our Patreon. Find us at patreon.com slash third eye bind. Third Eye Bind is produced and edited by Mike Realm, hosted by Caitlin Grania and Laura Wong. Music by Mike Realm. Set design by Laura Wong. You can find Laura on Instagram at Lady Moon Co. And you can find Caitlin on Instagram at Spirit Garden Tarot.